We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks it in for the lead. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast live from Las Vegas, Nevada for the NBA Summer League in an undisclosed hotel location. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. It's actually not evening, it's morning time right now. Jacob Niffin, got Justin Peabody with me. Hello, everybody. We've got Nick Crane. Get out of my house. (laughs) And we've got Taylor Peterson. Just passing the mic back and forth. Hey. We are, make, we are making do with our <laughs> technical difficulties. We all arrived uh, at different times Thursday evening uh, after the recording of this podcast. We are headed over to Thomas and Mac. And by all, he means uh, us three got here and Nick's flight got delayed and we didn't get in our hotel room until like midnight. Hey, <laughs> love it. It happens. It happens. <laughs> after the recording of this podcast, we'll head over to Thomas and Mac to catch Detroit versus... No, not Detroit. I'm sorry. Houston versus Portland is tonight. And then, obviously, the game of the night, we will get to see Victor Wembanyama make his NBA debut against the Charlotte Hornets. Saw some two guys in the lobby earlier rocking the Metropolitan's 92 Wembanyama jerseys, which is pretty incredible. I think it's going to be an insane atmosphere. It's going to be crazy. Like it's, I think it's going to rival Zion's debut whenever there was the, the earthquake. I forgot about the earthquake. Which which was the same night of the, well, technically it was the next morning, early, early in the morning, but the Paul George SGA trade. Uh Oh, yeah. Yep, because I was in Boston at dinner watching Zion play and the earthquake happen and the game get canceled and T&M get 
uh, evacuated. Yeah. And then I went back to my hotel or my Airbnb that night in Boston, went to sleep because it was like Eastern time zone. And then I woke up to like a billion notifications. What's half of a billion is 500 million. That is correct. 500 million of I them. I was told there would be no math was from my guy, Nick crane, who called me like six <laughs> times and texted me like a million times and just said, you're going to wake up to some shit. <laughs> and that I did. So what you're saying is tonight we're going to have a hurricane and then Dame is getting traded overnight. There, No, I don't think Dame, I don't think Dame would do it. It'd have to be someone completely out of left field that That's we don't true. expect. That's true. That's true. Let's, let's be clear, though. Zion, any summer league debut is not going to compare to this one. Like This isn't a class this of its gonna own. going to be nuts. Sold out for days. Tickets are going for over $200. For summer league? Like face value is forty five. Yeah, this They've is quadrupled them. This price. is not like unlike anything we've seen. Straight up, it's going to be crazy. Like last year, we never had like I don't even know where the stairwell is in Thomas and Mac to go to the uppers. <laughs> we might have to explore that tonight. Dun dun dun! It's going to be nuts. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a done. lot of fun. What are we going to do when Wimby comes out and shoots like two for fourteen? And cheer for the two. <laughs> I, Did you see those two jump shots? I feel like it, it's going to be the kind of situation like the crowd is going to be just waiting for him to do something amazing. Mm-hmm. So like anything he does, people are going to be like taking their clothes off in the stands and losing their minds. I feel like there was a lot of hype for Chet's game last year too. Um, Nick and I were there and I mean, there were some, he got dunked on in game one last year and then someone came back down the lane and he just annihilated the shot and the place went freaking nuts. But this is going to be that, but on crack. Oh, that, that wasn't even Chet's debut. That was his Vegas debut. Yeah. This is. Could you imagine if he had the, the debut. Utah yeah, de- right. debut in Vegas? But yeah, this, this is, is like the this debut, is a debut. Much bigger prospect, much more hyped prospect, mm-hmm. and the actual debut. Like, it's going to be wild tonight. It's going to be wild. I'm excited. It's going to be so much fun. And then we follow it up with uh, what is that, like Golden State versus the Lakers? <laughs> Thrilling. I, I, I assume the arena will stay packed. Oh, it actually will because there's gonna be a ton of Lakers fans. I don't think so. I bet half of it leaves. You don't. We're not gonna stay late and watch Max Christie. I didn't say we're not gonna stay. Yeah, that's right. Pods. I think a bunch of people are gonna leave and uh, go to Kevin Hart's birthday party or something. (laughs) I'm gonna leave and go get dinner. (laughs) All right, this is a Thunder basketball podcast. We need to talk some Oklahoma City Thunder before we dive into some things we are looking forward to things we expect from Vegas. Let's rewind a little bit. Monday night, Nick and I did a post-game podcast after the Thunder beat the Utah Jazz in Utah Summer League. Taylor and JD did a post-game podcast Wednesday night after the Thunder lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. We were all on flights yesterday, and so nobody podcasted yesterday after the Thunder beat the Philadelphia 76ers. But just when we look back holistically at those three games, J-Dub plays one, Chet plays two, Trey Mann plays three, Usman Jang plays three, Kaysan Wallace plays zero. Some big takeaways, again, caveat, it's Summer League. Big takeaways from what we saw in Salt Lake City. 
Trey Mann's the most obvious one, right? Like, I think the one that sticks out the most because it was the flashiest, uh, both in his style play, but also his stat line he put up. I mean, Summer or what, Salt Lake City MVP. I don't know if that's been officially announced yet, but all the voters have, like, put out their picks, and it's Trey Mann. Um, I, again, I'm very torn. I, I talked about this with Silva on Wednesday, and I just kind of want your guys' thoughts on this. I called it a double-edged sword because this, in, in one way of looking at it like this is exactly what we want from a third year player in Trey man this is what you would hope to see when he's going against competition like he is in summer league no offense to summer league younger players on the other end like what does this actually look like is it will it translate to this current iteration of the thunder team i think it absolutely can translate in the nba but will it translate on this thunder team we didn't see a ton of playmaking we saw more of it the third game which is great but we saw a lot of scoring with the ball in his hands which should be very effective for a team but I continue to wonder if that team is the Thunder. I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Uh, you definitely would rather have this than the alternative, right? Like, yeah, it's great. It's it's summer league, but you put a big asterisk on it. But compare it to James Booknight. Like, that could be the alternative, right? Is somebody who is in their third summer league and really needs to be putting it together and just continues to not do that. This is This is obviously a better alternative. I think you hit on it, though, with the the playmaking and the ball in his hands. I think that got even a lot harder this off season with case Wallace, with Mitchich that they have so many guys that can handle the ball that Trey is not going to get the opportunity to just stand back there and cook like he has in a lot of these summer league games. It's obvious he has talent. It's obvious. He probably deserves a role in the NBA more so than a book night. Um, but to your point, uh, is that team the Thunder? I don't. I don't think so. I think that that's my takeaway. Is like he he clearly is an NBA worthy player. He's above that like G League level because of his skill and what he's able to do in situations like this. But I think the fit on the Thunder it, it still feels like he's not necessarily what uh, what this team is building for because he's not doing it in the same way as all the other guys on the roster. And not to discount the performance in Salt Lake City because it was great. Um, the reality is the level of competition, even before we get to the season, like in Vegas is a lot higher. Like, especially in these first couple games, like name a guard that was in Salt Lake city, not named Keontae George that should have even touched Trey man in the talent level. I don't know if there was one like as good as Turquavion Smith and Ricky council. And some of these get undrafted Memphis, their two best players were bigs. I just, I want to see him do that in Las Vegas against some better talent. Totally agree. And Taylor started with the caveat of this is exactly what we wanted to see, right? Trey Mann doesn't earn a roster spot or playing time in summer league, but it's a data point. And you absolutely want to stack good data points at, at this point in his career. My big thing, and I told you guys this yesterday on the plane, like he is not going to get the the time with the ball in his hands to self-create in the NBA, at least with the Thunder, nearly as much as he's gotten in Salt Lake City, right? And that's where he's really shined is he has the ball in his hand. He's playmaking. He's driving downhill. I think his finishing package has been really, really good. It's super impressive. Like He's got some, some touch. Uh, he's really crafty when he gets to the it's bucket. Super engaged defensively, which is exactly yeah. what this this Thunder coaching staff has asked of him. I was super impressed with his he defense. Ex- he exploded and pulled out a, a Vada Kedavra on Harry Potter from the Utah G League team. 
um, that we're not going to see a better dunk during summer league. No, no chance. That was insane. Disgusting. I was Silva and I were very jealous of you two getting to cover that Monday night. <laughs> and we got like Usman Jane, Usman uh, yeah. <laughs> made some shot. Yeah, it was an incredible, incredible dunk. Like one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. I just don't know if he's going to have those opportunities with the Thunder because it's all about rhythmic play. It's all about moving the ball. And when you get down to somebody who's going to ISO create, Shea's the first on that list, and Josh, and And J-Dub, and you got Mitchich, and Chet can create a little bit. Like, Trey's pretty far down on that list. And no knock to him. I still think he's on this team come like training camp and come the start of the season, just because I think you have more invested in him than a lot of these other guys, like 100%. a Patty Mills or a Victor Oladipo or whatever. But the the style of play, I think you guys kind of hit it on the head, but he's been awesome. Now there, there were, and I know when you move on from Trey, but there were whispers during, remember it was kind of weird because Trey was getting, pretty regular rotation minutes early in the season. But then instead of like going into just playing with the blue, he went to the G league showcase specifically. And so there were like whispers after that, that potentially that was Presti showcasing him for a trade (laughs) to use that same term. I can't help but wonder if this is just a trade, a boost to his trade value. I know that seems so toxic to some of our listeners who are like fans of the team, fans of these players. And here we are after a guy had a great performance and a handful of performances in summer league, we're immediately talking about trading him. But it's just the reality of this Thunder roster, this roster crunch that we find ourselves in, like you guys have mentioned. And, I mean, there's going to be, going to be good players that go and flourish elsewhere because that's just the reality of the way this Thunder is being, this Thunder team is being built and how much talent's on this team. Let's move on from Trey, talk a little more about uh, Salt Lake City Summer League. We don't got to touch on him long because he only played one game. And Nick and I covered that one. J-Dub is just too damn good. To be out there. So good. Like, I just hope we get to see him tomorrow night. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's where I'm at. I don't know if we do, but I want to so bad. Yeah. I mean, in that first game in Salt Lake City, it's literally looked like man amongst boys. I mean, the very first play, he just drives to the bucket and finishes over a guy, hits a pull up three. He had the Thunder's first seven points, the Thunder's first nine, nine. points. Nine. Yeah. I mean, it was very, very clear. Just he was insanely good um i do hope he plays whenever they get out here for tomorrow saturday um 12 30 local time 2 30 uh central time game but i mean he was just you guys have any thoughts on on j-dub's one summer league game he looked comfortable he looked like assertive he was getting anything that he wanted uh at times it felt like back Back in the day, I feel like you saw this more. That made me sound really old. But like when an NBA guy shows up at the park, like Kevin Durant showing up in uh, in at Rucker at Rucker, and there's just somebody that's clearly on a different plane, and that's kind of crazy. In year two, like he played a lot, he got a lot of experience, but still to come in and dominate like he did, I, I don't think you can understate it. Like I think it was it was very very impressive from J Dub. Yeah, we we see guys every year that are too good for summer league. This is a different level. This is like everyone was high on him coming into the year. And I think now everyone's like, yeah, he's going to be a star. 
Like it, it was just clear from the tip. Totally agree. There's a few things he could work on in summer league, like polish out his game, pull up threes, things like that. But he's got nothing to prove. He's playing 35 minutes a game next year. You know, I, I think the only other thing is he just looks so confident and just calm from the very tip. Like he, it wasn't like he kind of felt the game out for a couple minutes. Like, okay, I'm the best player out here. Let's go ahead and get to work from the very first possession. He touched the ball. He was he, he's confident in himself. He knows his abilities and uh, easy for him. Totally agree. Last big one from Vegas. Unless, or, sorry, from Salt Lake City. Unless you guys have anybody else. We obviously absolutely have to talk about Chet. I don't have the, the numbers in front of me. I don't know if you guys know them. I think it was 12 and a half points, nine and a half rebounds, three and a half blocks a game. Two games. In two games. Pretty good. Pretty good. And the, I still... the turnovers were high. The spin move, he gets ripped on the spin move a lot, re- reminds me of like year one Josh. But I have, I don't know about you guys. The two games in Salt Lake City for me reinforced even more. Like I, I'm doubling down now. He is going to make such an insanely large impact on the defensive end of this team. That was a good defensive team that played a six, five guy at center for stretches of the year. I'm just like thinking about Chet playing like hedge or drop coverage and pick and rolls in the NBA where the point of attack defenders, case Wallace, Lou Dort, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, like they're going to get after J-Dub. it. And then Chet, your center. They're going to get after it. It's going to be fun. And I think what's really cool to see already in summer league is even if he's not actively involved in the play, he's affecting it. And I think that that's going to be the biggest change is like there's, there's no aspect of the Thunder's defense that's going to look the same with Chet on the floor because you saw multiple times like Utah trying to drive the paint and they would take one step in and kind of see Chet and then pull it back out. That doesn't happen if Jay Will is under the basket. Or if Kenrich Williams. Or, right, exactly. And I that's so fascinating. You you see it from guys across the league. Like Rudy Gobert can have that same effect at times. It that, reminds me a lot of Ibaka. Like yeah. 2013, 2014 yeah. surge. Exactly. But then I, I think it's going to be impossible for him to not get multiple blocks every game. Because he's... He's always there. I think I think you guys hit on it on your on the first post game pod of he doesn't even have to be particularly close. Like his recovery speed is ridiculous. So that it may not look like you may you may think you have an open lane to the basket. It may not look like he's going to be a part of it and then all of a sudden he's there just swallowing your shot at the apex. It's it's incredible. The one he had against the he had two on Keontae George in that third quarter in the first game in, in uh, Salt Lake. The first one, when you're like watching it on TV, Keontae is going left. And Chet is like free throw line extended on the opposite side when Keontae starts that drive. And he rotates down, gets to the other side of the rim and gets it. Like you mentioned the recovery speed, the IQ, like knowing what's going to happen and getting there in time. Dude, that first game... He had four blocks, five blocks, and Jay Will took three charges. Yep. 
That is seven buckets at the rim, 14 points erased for the opposition. The, I mean, that's massive. The Jake Laravia play, too. He took, he, oh he went baseline one dribble and rose up. And in the time that it took him to take one dribble, Chet rotated from outside the weak side paint all the way under the basket, jumped, and then met him at the rim on the opposite side of where he originally was. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's the recovery. Like, when you think about a guy that that just takes up space, that doesn't always have to mean like he's big and takes up space. It's like the space he can cover. Yeah. And that's the problem with guys like Rudy Gobert and some of these other great shot blocking bigs is they're kind of confined to the paint. If you have a, a modern five or you're, you're guarding a four, you switch on to a two, like Chet can hold his own. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to play switch 24 seven with him on the floor but he's just so versatile defensively. I mean, he blocked a three the other night, you know, flip, let's flip the coin and go to the offensive side of the ball. And Taylor, you can kind of lead us off here. Just what are some offensive things you've seen from Chet, either good things or struggles and, and things that you are excited about. So offensively specifically, I've been really impressed with his ability to drive and put the ball on the floor and get to the rim when defenders are closing out on him. That's going to be big because I think he, especially when he's with this current iteration of the Thunder roster in regular season, he's going to have a lot of open corner looks, which I think he's going to excel excel at. But when he starts hitting those early on, I think it's a huge development that he's able to put the ball on the floor like that and get to the rim when defenses start to adjust and when he's knocking down those shots. I thought that was great. He looked rusty on the offensive end of the floor as a whole. Uh, almost seemed like he when he struggled early, he would then get the ball in his hands and maybe tried a little too much to get kind of get it going for lack of a better term. Um, and the jumper looked a little rusty to me as well. I think it was a little flat, not quite as sharp as we saw last year in summer league for, you know, example, but obviously that's kind of expected when he hasn't been playing organized basketball for a year. I understand he's been out there over the past couple of weeks or whatever, probably play, playing some five on five, but it's different. We all know it's different. Uh, a, a game shape is completely different. And we're slowly starting to see him get back into game shape. One thing I noticed Monday, and then one thing that Silva and I talked about on Wednesday's podcast is it seemed like as the game progressed, instead of like getting more and more tired, like maybe a rusty player would, he seemed to get more engaged and more impactful as the game went along and kind of found where he fit within the game. And so not to like transition us away from offense, but you guys talk a lot about the defensive impact kind of hints at my overall thoughts of Chet. I felt like those two games, he was really rusty, still has so much potential and growth opportunity, and yet can still be extremely impactful this season for the Thunder placed in immediately. So you have a player who already raises this, the floor of this team as is, and still has the room to grow into potential superstar. Like that's really exciting to me. And I understand I have some Chet Rose colored glasses on right now after I just talked about Trey Mann like I did when he performed probably better statistically compared to Chet, but that's just kind of the reality. Kind of tying the offense and defensive stuff together as well. We know this team likes to run. They really want to get out in transition. Those Chet blocks, they're not the blocks where like, he's getting up with one hand and like trying to intentionally like send it to row five. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All blocks are good blocks, right? Like it is a good thing when you prevent two points at the rim. But some guys like, they want to swat it and like be emphatic and then it goes out of bounds and then their shot clock resets or whatever and the team gets the ball back in inbounds. Chets are like, Nick mentioned this, like two-handed like volleyball spikes. And those are the types of blocks that trigger fast breaks. And I, I just, I think the Thunder are going to eat off of that. They are going to get like eight to 10 points a game just off Chet's defensive impact because it's going to spark a break. Yep. And and on the the topic of conditioning, like you mentioned being in game shape, I would guess this is why we haven't seen him take a ton of threes, like getting your legs back under you in a game setting, especially after a foot injury. Like his debut in Salt Lake last year, he took like five or six threes. I don't think he even took five or six through two games. Like I think he maybe took three three pointers. Um, but the fact that defenders have to respect it. You see him like pump and drive or keep him on their toes and take him to the rack. Just wait till he starts taking and making threes. Like we, that's the element of his game. As good as he was, we have not seen it this year. He, he was using that pump fake at will and impressive that, and still getting respect off of it. Even though, like you said, Nick, like right now he's not shooting threes. Clearly he's the scouting report says enough when he, when he is hitting that it's going to open up a whole new dimension and that, his ability to create off of the the pump fake is is really impressive. And I think that's one of the things on the offensive end that stood out to me, whether it's, you know, using a spin move and going down low or it was driving kick. Like he he had a lot of options available. And I think as he transitions out of a summer league roster to a roster with guys like Isaiah Joe, uh exactly. that, that's gonna look a lot different. Or even like a, you know, a Shea or a Giddy where he can drive and dish out to Shea, that opens up so many things on the offense. That was the last thing I was going to touch on with Chet, is something that I th- think Jacob brought up in Monday's postgame that I thought was so spot on. With all due respect to Jared Butler and even Usman Jang playing some some uh, facilitator and Trey Mann as a lead facilitator, this is going to look a whole lot different when it's Shea and Dub and Giddy <laughs> feeding these passes to Chet. Because, for example, we saw a lot of instances Monday in, I guess, yeah, was it Wednesday's game? That was the second game um, where he's posting up, asking for the ball and the guards see him, but have a little, they, they're delayed in getting him the pass, the entry pass. 
where that will not be the case. You have Josh Giddy who can whip a one-handed bounce pass without looking, you know, to you immediately as soon as you before you even get posted up. Um, so it's going to look a lot different when he's surrounded by those type of players as well. Definitely, there. I don't know how many times, guys, I counted in those two games that Chet would screen and roll or dummy screen and slip it and cut. And it's like, man, if the guards could get him the ball, it's a free two points at the rim. It's an easy lob. They just didn't get. Like, if he's playing with Josh Giddy or Shea, that's eight points a game. That's just, that's found money. It's free real estate. Like, it's it's incredible. Circling back to Justin's comment from earlier, five, six times a game, he would catch at the perimeter, show, and then immediately put the ball on the ground and drive. It's a legit weapon. Like, it is a legit weapon. And I, I think the same way that Justin thinks. You have, I don't know, a J-Dub Josh Giddy pick and roll on the weak side of the court. Josh drives in, slings a pass over to, to Chet in the corner, who pump fakes, gets his guy up, takes one dribble in, the defense collapses, and dishes not only to like an outside shooter, the Thunder like to drive, collapse the defense, and dish to a cutter driving in on the backside to get a layup. You see J-Dub do that a lot. You see Aaron Wiggins do that a lot. You see Lou Dort do that a lot. You start to see the vision. This drive, kick, get the defense rotating, drive, kick again, and eventually you get them so out of rotation that you're just getting free points at the rim because there's nobody there to protect it anymore. I think Chet's going to be huge in impacting that style of offense. And like you guys meant, like, we haven't seen it, but the the calling card for him is the three, right? Like, he talked about wanting to be a 50-40-90 guy. I also imagine these fast breaks where Shea's pushing up the court and takes a dribble and just leaves the ball for a, a Chet to walk into just a, a transition step-in three-pointer. It's... I say it a lot. It, it's going to change the way, like Thunder basketball next year. Knock on all the fucking wood in this hotel room. No more injuries. It's going to change. Like the team is going to look significantly different from what they did last year because you're adding such a unique piece that you can't help but make things different. I think on that topic of Shea dishing back to a top of the key trailing three, that changes the way the big has to guard Chet. So if he knows he has to guard Chet on the trail, guess who's not under the rim? Exactly. Or a fast break layup or a fast break alley up to somebody else. And we've already seen Shea be able to finish around two or three guys. Imagine when you bring that big out. Like it, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
three point shooting is important because it's worth three points, but I sometimes think it's even more important because of the space it creates on the court. You bring people farther away from the basket, and then that opens up you to get closer to the basket. It's it's kind of warriors esque, yeah, in a way, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just it's gonna change like I posed a similar question to you guys last night, obviously not on the pod. Let's flash forward 12 months from today. The season is over. Chet's played 70 games. I asked you guys a stat line last night. What do you think the three-point attempts and the percentage will be in year one? How many does he take? How many? Do, what's the percentage of, of conversion? 2.737. That's so specific. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'd say... Th- uh, I was gonna go four, three to four. I was gonna go four as well. I w- I was thinking like three point something, three point two four five. <laughs> I'm like, we need Silva here with the sounder in the multiverse. <laughs> I think I I think three to four. I think your percentage. What'd you say? Thirty seven, thirty seven. I'd say maybe slightly closer to thirty five. Like I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out. At high volume, low efficiency, his rookie year. I bet beginning the season, the volume is high and the percentage is lower. Later in the season, maybe the volume lowers a little bit and the efficiency goes up, but kind of like overall average. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Very similar, but hopefully different than like Lou Dort, right? He came out with it was very clear whether it was a coach's directive or a Lou Dort directive. You're going to shoot a lot higher volume of threes. I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar directive for Chet. Mm-hmm. The totally chip agree. effect. Now, before we talk ourselves into eighty-two and zero in the regular season, let's let's, Too reel, late. It, let's reel it back to summer Too late, league. buddy. Okay, reel it back to summer league. Um, anybody in Salt Lake City that wasn't a big name, like the 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 uh, Chets, the Trey Mans, the Usman Jangs, that has impressed you that you're just craving to see more of here in Las Vegas. I got one. I got one. Pick me. Caleb McConnell. Somebody I like was very interested in when they signed him. I get, I can't remember if it was actually draft night um, or if it was the next morning, but he was their first exhibit 10 contract uh, under or undrafted free agent signing two way versatile player out of Rutgers. Again, the clips I watched, uh, of course, he's going to look pretty good offensively. He did struggle offensively, particularly from outside. He's not a great shooter, but his defensive impact has been incredible. I think all I think he was a full four year player at Rutgers. I can't remember exactly, but we saw that five. So he was a super senior. Um, We saw that impact, particularly yesterday's game where Chet wasn't playing and he was the one going in there getting blocks. He was hustling on the floor, poking out the ball, getting deflections, and then obviously getting steals as well. Uh, just a very high energy player that kind of fits the mold of what we've seen Presley go after in these exhibit 10 two way contracts. So I'm curious to see more of him in Vegas because that could probably determine whether he, I understand it's early and they'll let him go through training camp, but I think if he plays well enough in Vegas, he could potentially go ahead and lock up another one of those uh, two way spots. Maybe a cop out because he was already like in the Thunder organization, but I thought Jared Butler had a really good Salt Lake City. He looked really solid as well. I think I don't know what that means, given what the Thunder roster has. I think it means we're going to bring you back on a two-way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, he looked really solid. I think Shackelford was another one that stood out to me a little bit. The three-point shooting is seems real. That man, <laughs> hands half, like, the ball 
has been put in like the microwave for like seven minutes and then you try to it's like a one of those casserole dishes where you touch it and like it's like trying to take a hot pocket out yeah it's like he touches the ball and it's up like that yes. man has one thing on the brain and it is buckets yeah yep yeah he has he has his own green light yes he does um I'll, kind of a weird shooting stance too he's kind of like cockeyed his hips are a little twisted yeah. is it and he's a lefty isn't yeah. he yeah hey lefties represent man Jeez. Um. I'm going to give an answer that doesn't answer my own question. I'm going to give you a name. So on brand. I'm going to give you a, a so on brand. A name that didn't play, but I'm really interested in seeing is JRE in Las Vegas. Okay. I think, similar to what Taylor said, like I don't think a decision will be made until training camp because you don't need to make a decision until training camp. Um, but I think this is a really pivotal time for him. And if he plays, like the ankle, I don't know if they've ruled him out. Yeah. That the, like, Maybe he plays towards the end. Maybe he's good today. Can play tomorrow. I don't know, but I, I feel like this is this is a humongous offseason for him. Not just for the Thunder, like in the league. I totally agree. Also, I don't know how you guys feel about this, and there is no way in hell the coaching staff in the front office think this way. But I've always just kind of tethered JRE and J Will together, like in my mind. One of them's gonna stick, and one of them's gonna go. They're they're just archetypal. They're they're too similar. I don't think the Thunder front office thinks that way at all. But Jay will. Did he play two games or just one? He played that same as Chet. The first two. And okay. Set out the third. I'm impressed, man. Like he's big. He can body people up. That first game, he had like 13 rebounds. Uh, not afraid to shoot the three. We know he's a really good ball mover. And maybe it's just recency bias because I feel like I haven't watched Jeremiah Robinson Earl play basketball since before Christmas. You know, I, that might actually be accurate because I don't remember when the injury was. But I've just always like wondered or, and, and kept those two like together as one of them's going to stay eventually and one of them's going to go. And Jay Will is making a pretty compelling case. I, I agree. I, I think both of them at different times, I've used the comparison for each of them of Nick Collison in terms of like their role on this team. Obviously both different players, both have different nuances, but I think both guys that aren't afraid to do the dirty work are just like really solid minutes when they're on the floor, you know what you're going to get. They're going to provide like a little bit of energy. They're going to provide some, some nice plays. They're going to provide the hustle plays. Like I think they kind of hit, on all those boxes. And when you're thinking about kind of like the archetype of the team of uh, somebody that fits in, they're never going to be a superstar, but they're always going to be dependable and like could see them playing their whole career here. I'm with you, Jacob. Like, I think it's one of those guys. I don't know that you need two of them. And I, I'm with you. Like Jay will has been really impressive. I, I didn't think that it would be uh, as sustained as it has been so far. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, yes, Summer League, I'll be interested to watch that, but I think more so if both are on the roster heading into the season, which I don't know if they will be, if both are on the roster, what happens with rotations going into the next season? What happens with those minutes in the regular season? I think I think we're going to learn a lot about both of those guys this year. Totally agree. Another guy who we haven't seen yet, kind of excited to see what Keontae Johnson brings. Don't know much about him. Obviously, I know the story behind him, right? But I, I'm i not a college hoops guy. Uh, when it comes to draft stuff, I know top 20, 25. Like I, 
I wasn't deep diving Keontae Johnson. I'm sure Nick can like really fill us in. Nick has like all the data points and all the draftees. I get more of a he's he's a big dude. Like he's thick. I get almost more of a stylistically, like a when I compare him to guys on the Thunder, like a Kenrich Williams than a JRE. Yeah, I mean, he's not a tall guy, though he he's he's again not the same archetype, but you know how Grant Williams plays a lot of power forward, but then you Google him and he's you're like, Whoa, that guy's six five or six six. Like, mm-hmm. how does that work? That's kind of Keontae Johnson. Like he has guard skills, he can handle the ball. He shot like 40 something percent from three last year, which was a, a big uptick. Like he hasn't always been that good of a shooter. We'll see if that is a small sample or if it, if it sticks, but he's got like this seven foot plus wingspan and he is absolutely jacked mm-hmm. in ways. Like it's like two thirty five or something. When I saw him at the rookie press conference, he's like huge. he's a, he's a big he's dude. Huge. So he's, he's almost kind of, like, I was going to say kind of can fill the same role as Jerry. Cause Jerry is not also not huge. He's got a few inches on him, but, but I think, that type of role towards the end of the bench where you can be kind of switchy and Kenrich Williams. Like if you blended those two, um, that is Keontae. And if Keontae can shoot 40% from three and Jerry can't, that two way may not be a two way for very long. It's interesting. I'm excited to see him play. We're kind of getting into like what we're looking forward to in Vegas. Now we haven't mentioned the number 10 overall pick in the NBA draft. We have not got to see case on yet. Thought we might see him yesterday. But the trade went through. The signing of the rookie scale contract didn't get pushed through at the league level, is what I understand. Like, I think, I don't think they were like, oh, we haven't had him put pen to paper yet. You know, like, I think that process is done. The league also had like a billion things in queue yesterday once the fiscal year rolled over. So, not really surprising. We should get our case on debut Saturday, 12 30. I'm kind of excited. Because I'm going to forget the kid's name again. Who's the Mavs kid? Uh, Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy. He's going to get to go up against Jaden Hardy tomorrow, which will be fun. Jaden Hardy's like an absolute gunner. Kason is like all dirty work defense type of guy. What are you guys excited about? What are you looking for out of Kason as we get into Vegas? My assumption is he's going to play most, if not all, of Vegas since he got mm-hmm. none of Salt Lake. I'll also caveat you mentioned Hardy, but I think the lively connection is going to be more interesting because oh, you yeah. know Mavs and and Thunder Twitter are always going to be talking about those two. That I don't think the Thunder with Kason on the board would ever have taken lively. I don't think the Mavs were ever going to take Kason over like like vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that's not how it is, but that's how fans are going to take it. Yes, and the graphic that the Mavs PR team tweeted out with that trade is going to be shown in the future one way or the other. Um, so that, that this is going to spark that. That'll be fun. What I'm looking for out of Kason is he's not going to be flashy. Like if Thunder fans are expecting him to be like the big summer league name that everyone's talking about, don't because it's not going to happen. Um, I want to see him take one of these elite prospects, the Amin Thompson's, the uh, Kulabali's of the world, and hold them to like four of 20 shooting and be on them all game long and be the guy that picks up full court and is the annoying try hard summer league guy. Cause that's what he is. And I want to see him do that. That that's exactly it for me too, is like everything we've heard about him is like, he's the guy that doesn't take his foot off the gas. He's the guy that 
always goes hard. I think I want to see that in summer league. Like this is the perfect venue. Some guys come in coasting and you can see it immediately. You're in Vegas at summer league and you're just kind of taking it easy. I want to see him bring out the dog and get, roof, roof. get on somebody. <laughs> no, thank you, Taylor. Um, JD, that was that 40 minutes even. <laughs> so you know where to pull it out. Anyway, um, I, I want to see him be, show that aggressiveness. I think that exactly what you said, Nick, like if you get it in a good matchup, I think that'd be really cool. Going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. Um, I think he's got more offensive juice than we got to see at Kentucky. Uh, Nick and I have talked about this a lot. NBA basketball is going to look a lot different for Kason because the court is more spaced naturally and you don't have an Oscar Shibway down in the paint occupying like the whole paint. He's going to have a lot more open driving lanes. He's a pretty good finisher. He's a lot longer than I think people give him credit for. His arms go on for days. Like they are, they are some long boys. Um, so I, I'm excited to see kind of some of the offensive stuff we get from him because I think we're going to see more than um, what. It's not going to be to the Chet level. Like you remember what we saw at Chet from Gonzaga, and then that first summer league game in Salt Lake, and we were like, "Oh my God, Jesus is playing basketball now!" Like it's not going to be like that. But I think we're going to see more than we got to see at Kentucky. Kentucky, and I think that starts tomorrow. It will be interesting to see. Do they put him more as a like put him in more of a lead guard role? How does he look with some of these other guards that will be out there with him, kind of gunning for a spot on the roster? Um, I hope we get to see a lot of on ball opportunities with him for sure. I think we will. I think it'll be fun. I want to see he and Chet defend yes. pick and roll. Pick and roll. Yes. Just blowing it up. Point of attack and elite rim protection. It's crazy. And- Speaking of the the trade, uh, Derek Lively is hopefully going up against Chet tomorrow. That'll be a fun fun matchup. matchup. That's going to be a real fun matchup. Two guys that kind of do similar things like rim protect, but in very different ways and have very different offensive games. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Derek Lively handling the ball at the top of the key, attacking off the dribble very much, but you never know. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. You guys got anything else? We kind of previewed Vegas. We recap Salt Lake City. Hey, your boy just got that NBA con super fan invite. Hey, so, not a boy. Me, the one who only did one uh, <laughs> one ticket reservation. What an idiot! Just tried ripping the microphone away from Taylor. Um, maybe we maybe we talk about the format a bit for anyone that's not super familiar with how Vegas Summer League works. Just yeah. briefly. Yeah, let's do that. Kind of tell people what they can expect from us. Yep. while we're out here. And then I think we definitely got to hit some comments on our way yes. out. So I'll, I'll touch on the format of summer league. And then you talk about when we're going to be podcasting and doing things throughout. Yes, sir. So every team plays five games. If you look at the thunder schedule, there's only four after those first four scheduled games, they take the top four teams based on a record. And there's a whole tiebreaker list into a playoff this year, which is a new concept. Um, so if you make the playoffs, that's your fifth game. If you win that, you go to the championship. That's your sixth game. If you don't make the playoffs, you get randomly assigned a fifth game. So um, Oklahoma City will play at least five, although only four are scheduled. And they play Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday Friday. Friday. And that's going to be Mavericks. Um, 
who's their second game? Why am I blanking on their second one? Rockets. Rockets. That's the big one. Yes. And then Pacers, Wizards. And then where will we be over the next couple of days, Jacob? Yeah. So today we're just going to be at the arena watching basketball. Tomorrow we're there for the OKC Thunder game. Afterwards, we will have a post game pod for you, probably live from the same hotel room. We may be hitting up, well, it sounds like we are hitting up and beyond. So we'll have a lot of content for you guys from there, which is going to be really cool. Uh, when Nick tries to get on stage with uh, two chains, we will film it and two post cranes it. and two chains. It's meant to be. Let's go. We will definitely post that on socials. Sunday morning for us, specific time, 8 a.m. Grind don't stop, y'all. Grind don't stop. Uh, for you folks in Central Time Zone, that would be 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the Sunday show will be a morning show, not an evening show, because we will be live from the Blue Wire studio in the Wynn Resort. Don't miss it. It's going to be dope. If you do miss it, go back and watch the YouTube video yes. because <laughs> the setup is unreal. It's going to be awesome. And then we are back home Monday. Uh, next week, we'll have post games after all of the Summer League games and then back to the normal scheduling of Sunday shows at 9 p.m. Central. I think that does it. Make sure that you are on all of our social channels, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, threads. Threads. Boom. We are on the threads now. Uh, so you can see all of our content. Um, Taylor, Justin, and I will also be doing a Summer League notebook for dailythunder.com. The first one should be up tomorrow because we're going to do a notebook today. We'll do one each day that we're here. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and that's just... Not really Thunder specific stuff, just trying to let you guys know what Summer League looks like if you are not out here in Vegas. Uh, kind of give you the the ins and outs and everything. So that should be fun. Uh, Justin, can we take us through some of the comments before we're done for the Let's night? Let's do it. Uh, first, we have A Man saying, Does Taylor got that dog in him? Is the dog <laughs> trying to come out? Eventually. I, A couple more days in Vegas. I don't know. I wasn't impressed by the rough. It was, a little, it was a little rough. If you x-rayed Taylor, you would see the same thing that you see with Joey Chestnut, just a bunch of hot dogs. <laughs> Got that Got hot the dog dogs. in him. Dogs. I was going to say like sheebs or something, like a little corgi. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't think it's Joey Chihuahua. Chestnut. I think Taylor's uh, closer to, was it Glizzy Lizzy? Glizzy <laughs> yes. Lizzy. What a legend. Uh, Med in the chat. I wish we could have seen Poku and Chet. How likely is it that we see Poku start blocking shots with two hands? Little Chet influence? That would be awesome. Hey, what Poku did last year when he started, I think is like real. Mm -hmm. And I hope so. <laughs> kind of Chet like. Yeah. And I've been saying it on the show for a while. I think Poku is going to their bench big next year and they're going to play Poku and Chet together some. But I think when Chet comes off the floor, Poku comes on the floor to kind of keep that same style. I'll tell you this. It's easier said than done to block shots with two hands, like the discipline it takes. Because yeah. you think about it, everyone likes to run and jump at the ball. When you're doing two hands, it's you almost naturally have to jump straight. Like no one's, no one's doing yeah. a Superman going to try to block a shot. If you are, you're getting called for a foul. Right, exactly. So it takes a lot of discipline. It takes yep. a lot of size. And it takes a lot of the right timing and, and skills to be a good shot blocker. So if Poku's doing two-handed blocks, that's a great thing. But I don't know if I'd expect it. Indeed. That's fair. We got to get Poku an extension too. 
Uh, Carrie asks if Taylor and I are ready for our first summer league. Uh, Carrie, this is my second summer league. <laughs> but Taylor, are you ready for your first summer I league? I am ecstatic, especially since we can see Wimby. Yes. Something has to work with that's tonight. A good, that's a good way to start. It's all oh, downhill. Are we starting a, that we... and our tour down the strip last night was a, a good, yeah. you know, good way to get my feet wet. Yeah. No, that's what that's the euphemism you want Don't. to use. <laughs> a man says we need to start the Chet, getting wet. Chet better the Chet better chant. Yeah, that's, that's right. what I was about Tonight. to say. That, that'd be funny. I like it. Um, let's see. Tyler asks over under 0.5 games with five Thunder players over 20 points this season. Spreading the wealth. Five guys with 20. Might have Has to that, say that ever been done? Preseason that's a good question. I don't know if that's ever been done in NBA history. Why not start now? Shea, Dub, Josh, Chet. Who'd be the fifth? Kason. I'm going. I'm going Mitchich because he hits okay. like. Oh, yeah, that's six a good one. Three, six Isaiah, six from three. Isaiah Joe, we saw get up there. Yeah, it could actually That'd be incredible. Happen. Trey Mann, come on down. There we go. It'd be a game they score like 150. It'd be like a Boston game right. again. Exactly. Yes. They love setting records. Uh, last but not least, Tom, who loved the Bill Simmons OKC take on his pod today? Anyone Anyone want to take that? Does everyone Typical know what Simmons. the Bill Simmons take is? He said, if I'm Seattle, I'm kicking the tires on OKC. Well, what if somebody offered him $5 billion for the team? How, how could How could Clay Bennett turn that down? They've I heard got such a bright future. Don't you think they should just go for it, Nick? I heard somebody. I haven't listened to the podcast, but I saw somebody said that he mentioned, "Well, that Chesapeake guy is kind of like down on his money right now. He's been dead for seven years." Touche. Yeah, he's a little down. What's on his he going to do with five billion dollars, Jacob? <laughs> um, I'll say this: no business person is going to pay double, probably double, what a team is worth. Like, yeah, $5 billion yeah. would probably put them at like the first or second most valuable friend in the NBA. Don't bring logic into this Seattle fanfic, yeah, Nick. No one can hear you, Taylor. You don't have a microphone. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they're not moving to Seattle. No, that's not happening. No. I think that's going to do it for us here from this freezing cold hotel room. We are going to go grab some lunch and over to Thomas and Mac. If you're following live in the live stream, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you're on all the social channels because we will have tons of content coming your way today. Uh It's going to be a blast. Tune in tomorrow after the Thunder play the Dallas Mavericks. We'll have a post game for you. You guys enjoy Summer League. Enjoy the Wemby show tonight. Should be a good one. We will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, as always, thunder up.